Hi, it's Mina Kimes, host of the ESPN Daily Podcast. Wake up to the best story you'll hear all day. 20 minutes a day, five days a week, where you get an inside look at the most interesting stories at ESPN, as told by the top reporters and insiders on the planet. The breaking news of Sports Center with the deep dive storytelling of 30 for 30. Today's episode is one I thought you'd especially like. Please listen and subscribe to ESPN Daily wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Anytime you get a good spread on the football, I think there's two good pressure points. There's this finger and this finger. The day I used to put this middle finger on the top as my hands grew, this just felt right. The way I do it, my hands aren't the biggest. I go ring finger on the end and pinky four down. That's Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, and Baker Mayfield talking about the most clutch relationship in any quarterback's life, his grip on the football itself. It's unique and personal as a fingerprint forged over a lifetime of playing. Today, we get a firm grasp on how quarterbacks hold the ball and why. I'm Ina Kimes. It's Friday, November 22nd. This is ESPN Daily, presented by Indeed. Dave, I got to give you a hand. You've really got your finger on the pulse of the NFL. <laughs> so this pod should be a snap, right? Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. Mic oh. drop. <laughs> oh. oh, brutal. Dave Fleming is a senior writer for ESPN. His latest journalistic tour de force is on NFL quarterback grips. Well, let's start here. What made you want to write about quarterback grips in the first place? So there was a trick we used to play, I used to play, on Peyton Manning. You know, you could never get him to talk, period. If you asked him, like, about his family or his brothers or anything, the shades would just come down and he'd be, like, signaling the PR people. But if you asked him about, like, why a cornerback took an outside stance on a third down pass play a month ago... He would talk for like 45 minutes nonstop. It's remarkable that nobody asked anybody, let alone quarterbacks, these types of questions. You honestly can see them, their eyes light up when it's like you're not asking about an injury or an upcoming opponent. Hey, tell me a story about who taught you how to grip a football. All of a sudden, it's like a one-question interview because they just go for 10 or 15 minutes. I thought at the beginning there would be such little differentiation between the grips and the stories that we wouldn't have anything, but it was like almost every conversation revealed something really cool about either who taught them or a quirk to their grip. It was a cool window into quarterbacks. What is the most common way for a quarterback to grip it? There are seven laces on an NFL football. So if you're holding it out in front of you in your right hand, the thumb obviously goes under. The pointer finger goes between the top lace and the cone of the football. And then they have like this language. It's based on what lace your pinky tucks into, whether it tucks under the laces or over the laces, and then what lace your ring finger is on. The most common thing is two under five, which means your ring finger is on the second lace and your pinky is tucked below the fifth lace. 
the pointer finger and your middle finger are the last two to leave the ball, and that really determines trajectory and spin. And so a lot of guys say that those are, because they're the last one touching the ball, those are the most important. There were a couple guys who I was like, okay, I have to chop off one finger and then you can keep throwing. Which one would it be? And most of them chose the pinky. I was surprised. That is a very strange question to ask a professional <laughs> quarterback. Kudos to you. <laughs> First down, Mahomes. McCoy in the backfield. They're going to throw it deep near side. Kelsey caught a run. Caught it. Touchdown! Kansas City and Mahomes right on the money. So when you ask these quarterbacks about how exactly they hold the ball, what kind of answers did you get? There are little quirks and tendencies that every quarterback has with their grip. Most quarterback coaches will tell you to leave space between your palm and the football. Patrick Mahomes loves to palm the ball. Somebody like Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, those guys have a pretty traditional grip where it's, you know, ring finger over about the second lace and pinky on or around the fourth or fifth. Oh, and then, of course, there's Ben Roethlisberger, who... Literally sounds like he's never thought about it more than two seconds. You don't always have time to find the laces. I think sometimes you catch, and I always give it like one quick turn. If I get the laces, I get it. If you don't, then the vulture has to come out. That answer didn't surprise me at all. Well, I think one thing I found interesting about your story, it's not just about how these guys grip the ball, it's how they came to grip the ball. What were some of the origin stories for how these quarterbacks developed their grips? So one of the origin stories that actually I found quite sad was uh, Mitch Trubisky. Oh, no. (laughs) No, poor guy. I shouldn't pile on. But his dad claims that he could throw a spiral at the age of two. And then Mitch went on to reveal that when he had no one to play catch with, he would just throw the ball up in the air and run under it and catch it and then throw it again. And I, uh, yeah, I thought that was, that's either like a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon or the saddest quarterback story I've ever heard. Josh Allens was similar in tone to that. He claims that he sort of learned or strengthened his arm through throwing rocks in his backyard or uh, out of his dad's workshop. And I actually thought this was kind of cute. His dad was like, well, you maybe you could be a quarterback. What's sadder, Mitch Trubisky with no one to throw to? Or Josh Allen so lonely that he just throws rocks against a a dumpster? Dad, what should I do today? I don't know, go throw rocks. (laughs) 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 Snap to Ryan, gonna cut it loose. There's Ridley, caught it! Touchdown, Atlanta! Didn't Matt Ryan's mom also have some influence on his grip? My mom always would tell us when we were young, too, you know, not to bite your nails because that forefinger, you want a little bit on the end of it to get that last little bit for a spiral, so. The only way she got him to stop biting his nails was she was like, look, that index finger, that nail is the last thing to leave the ball, and if you want to throw a tight spiral, you better quit chewing your nails. This would make a great PSA for moms who are trying to get their teenage boys to stop biting their nails. I was going to say, I'm a nail biter and I tried everything, you know, the bitter nail polish. Turns out I should have just played quarterback. That is the answer to stopping. Well, Mina, I'm sorry to tell you, that's why you never made the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you found out how these guys learned their grips. Were any of them told along the way to change it? I think the best example of that is Lamar Jackson. During his rookie year, 
you know, they noticed, you know, he was struggling a little bit with with accuracy problems. And his quirk is that he keeps the pointer finger almost all the way to the cone of the ball. Most guys keep it down maybe two or three inches closer to the laces. And he likes it just because of the stability and sort of as a way to point the ball. So they said, you know, you should experiment with moving your finger back. And I think he was cooperative and said, I'll, I'll think about it. I think they were in the playoffs and they were at the production meetings and Kurt Warner, you know, they were talking at a desk. Kurt Warner sort of throws him a football. He grabs it in his hand and Kurt Warner goes, let me see your grip. And Lamar shows him his grip and Kurt Warner's like, oh man, I I keep my finger all the way at the cone of the ball too. He's like, don't let anybody change that. If that's what you like to do, keep doing it that way. And Lamar was just like, oh, that's awesome. What better proof do I have that... I shouldn't change anything than a Hall of Fame quarterback telling me it's perfect right where it is. Coming up, NFL scouts are obsessed with hand size, but does it even matter? Dave, how would you say it affects a quarterback's grip when he injures his hand. Does it force him to change it? The thing I noticed with quarterbacks who injured their hands or had to learn to re-grip the football was they were the ones who really understood and sort of had broken down the dynamics and the fundamentals and the mechanics of the grip just because they had to kind of recreate there step by step. And Drew Brees is a great example of that. You know, he gave that tutorial for, for the press. What he discovered was... When you talk about grip strength, it's really the way you pinch the cone of the ball between your thumb and your forefinger. Football is the one where you really have to extend your thumb all the way around into a pretty large angle. I mean, look at the spread between pinky and thumb. You know, that's hard to do. He was like, that's the most important part of holding on to the ball is that squeezing of the thumb and, and the forefinger. And so that's probably the hardest part was just getting it to where I could grip the ball again and then be able to you know guide the ball, maneuver the ball. And I think that's what really he was waiting on as he rehabbed to determine when he would come back. I have a great Jamarcus Russell story. I was at his pro day at LSU and he was spraying the ball all over the field. I mean, and this is under controlled circumstances. It's going like over receivers' heads. It's hitting the turf. It was like maybe connecting on 50% of his passes. And I'm like, this is huge news. I mean, he can barely throw the ball. And so I follow a GM who I know out of the field house. And I'm like, what'd you think? That, that was not very good. And the GM was like, did you see the size of his hands? They're huge. <laughs> and I was, it always struck me to this day, right? It's like, Well, who cares how big his hands are if he can't throw the ball? They measure for hand size, and it's like the be-all, end-all in scouting. But what they should be measuring for is hand strength. Well, let's just tack on a day to the combine, and we'll do the Dave Fleming grip strength test. I was going to say, instead of measuring the hands, they should have like those things they have at county fairs where you got to grab the... to see how strong you are. Okay, this is why. See, I knew we're on the same wavelength because I was, I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, just bring in one of those grip strength things from an arcade. Let's be real. People would watch that. <laughs> Sign me up right now. <laughs> I think of quarterbacks with notoriously smaller hands like your Jared Goffs or your Baker Mayfields and 
while I agree with you, I don't think hand size correlates with accuracy. Baker Mayfield, one of the most accurate college quarterbacks of all time. I do wonder if it just changes the way they actually have to hold it. It would seem to me that it does. I think what was striking for me, when you go from talking to Matt Ryan and he talks about, well, you're supposed to keep this pocket between your palm and the football. And I was always taught the most important thing is to not squeeze it to death and and to leave a pocket of space there. And then you go to Kansas City and you talk to Patrick Mahomes and you say, what's the most important thing? What's the signature part of your grip? And he's like, well, I love palming the ball. (laughs) And you're just like, nobody knows anything. There are some common elements, but it's really sort of the signature part of every quarterback's game. A lot of the young guys, their ability, I think, to transition the football and flick the football almost like a baseball is, you know, some of those young guys are spinning the ball so good. That was Tom Brady on some of the young quarterbacks like Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, all of whom have baseball backgrounds. Do you think that affects the way they grip the football? I think it does. I think those guys like to have as much contact as possible with the football. And Mahomes said, I mean, he thought that that was from all the pitching that he did and all the things that he learned from his dad. You know, it doesn't need to be an exact science. When you're pitching, your hand and your grip is constantly moving all over the baseball. And I think he sort of takes that mentality, especially like on blitzes or three-step drop. He might not even get his fingers on the laces. He just doesn't think about it. He might use a seam of the football as a grip or as a lace and and let it fly that way. That brings up another issue that I wonder about, which is quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball more quickly than ever, right? Because of the rise of spread offenses in the NFL. Does that change the way they grip it? They have to learn not to rely on a perfect grip to throw the ball. Every time we talk, I talked to somebody, I brought a football so that they could show and, and demonstrate. And they each quarterback had sort of their own unique, nervous way of either spinning or flipping or bouncing the football so that they could grip it and re-grip it. I mean, they must do that a million times so that under the worst possible conditions, their fingers go back to the exact same place no matter what. Did... Talking to all these quarterbacks about their grips changed the way you hold a football? (laughs) No, here's okay. So I have Baker Mayfield hands. I think I would have been a a one under four guy. Mm. Classic. Yeah. But what it really taught me was at the end of my interview with Matt Ryan, you'll like this. There were no words spoken. I just dropped my mic and ran toward the end zone. (laughs) Knowing that Matt and I were on the same wavelength, and sure enough, I look up, and there's there's like a perfect spiral. And instead of being just a normal, appreciative guy and catching the ball with both hands and saying, thank you, that was really cool, I tried to Odell Beckham Jr. it with one hand (laughs) and dropped it. And Matt Ryan literally like shook his head like Peyton Manning on Saturday Night Live and was like, you disgust me, bro. Thank you, Dave. This was <laughs> gripping. <laughs> Always happy to give you a hand. Coming up, one man's steadfast commitment to his favorite team and to his word. Here's another story I want you to know. 
Last week, I told you about an unusually dedicated Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan who declared back in 2001 that he would not put on pants until his team won the Canadian Football League's Grey Cup. Well, this Sunday, with his team taking on the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the championship game in Calgary, Blue Bombers fan Chris Matthew is closer than ever to tossing aside his shorts. I spoke with him to see how he was feeling ahead of this fateful weekend. So, Chris, take us back to 2001. Your beloved Blue Bombers were favored to win the Grey Cup. What was going through your mind at the time, and how did this wager come to be? Well, uh, we were actually out watching Monday Night Football at uh, one of the local establishments, and it was late November, like it always is for Grey Cup, and it was a nice year, so I was still wearing shorts. And uh, we were talking to a couple of the players uh, uh, that were playing for the Bombers the following Sunday in the Grey Cup, we had a record of 14 and four, and I think Calgary was eight and ten. Or so this was going to be a no-brainer. Now the next day, somebody said to me, "Well, how how long are you wearing those shorts?" And I said, "Ah, till the Bombers win the Grey Cup." And as you know, there's no sure thing in sports. And they went out and lost on the following Sunday and have been back twice, but still haven't won. So I'm still in shorts. So you have never worn pants in that time? Maybe a half a dozen times if I've had to go to a funeral. Uh, And only if it's a funeral of people that don't know about my whole not wearing pants thing. Why did you decide to stick to this? Because I said I would. Uh, It's as simple as that. Uh, I, I used to teach school. I'm a retired uh, school teacher, and I used to try and instill in my kids, my, my students, that uh, uh, your word is your bond. And if you say something, you better stand uh, behind what it is that you say. So then once I said that I was going to do this, I couldn't very well turn around and, and not. Uh, that would be really hypocritical. So I, I, I've, I've stuck with it. Frankly, right now, I, I kind of like wearing shorts all the time. Chris, what do you say to someone who says, I feel like you just wanted to wear shorts? Well, I would say to them, uh, what you, if you really just wanted to wear shorts, then you shouldn't be living in Winnipeg. So let's say the Blue Bombers win. What will be the first pair of pants you put on? Well, and this is uh, not to tell you something about my wife, uh, she would probably prefer that I wear my shorts because the first pair of pants that I put on, because it's been 18 years and not all of them fit, is an old pair of Zubaz pants. The hammer pants, the parachute pants, that's the first pair that's going on. Nice camouflage gray. (laughs) Have you had those in your closet just waiting for this moment? Well, I used to wear them all the time, to tell you the truth. But yeah, they've been just sitting around and I thought, well, what what would I wear? Because this is now crunch time here and i could put on my if you will my funeral pants but they're they're really kind of dressy so i thought what else do i have and there they were the zubats so after this is all over again if you guys win are you gonna go back to wearing pants full time mix them in or do you think you're gonna wear mostly shorts I'm still going to wear mostly shorts, but at least now it gives us some options of other things that we can do. Uh, It will take away the stairs when I go to uh, concerts and, uh, uh, you know, um, 
plays and things like that. And we'll be able to get into all the fancy restaurants now. But most of the time, no, I'll wear the shorts. I quite like them. So what are you going to do if the Blue Bombers lose? Same thing I've been doing for the last 18 years. Just wearing shorts and waiting until next year. Good luck, Chris. Thank you very much. I'm Mina Kimes. This has been ESPN Daily. Our show is produced by Michael Baltiera, Troy Farkas, Alexander Hyacinth, Mike Johns, Steve Martin, and a welcome to our newest cast member, Sophia Max Martin, Ryan Nantel, David Sorosi, Andy Tennant, Eve Tro, Chris Tuminello, and Aaron Vale. I'll talk to you Monday.